Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly is brought to you by Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant at 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix. T-Mobile, home of America's largest 5G network. By College Bar and Grill at 740 South Mill Avenue in Tempe. The ASU fans home away from home. Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Voted Best of Las Vegas two years in a row. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning tequila since 2011. Cold beers and cheeseburgers. 12 Valley locations serving the finest in craft beers and handcrafted burgers. Behind the Mask, serving the Valley hockey community since 1994. OxyPow, our chemical-free line of cleaning products, gets the funk out of your equipment or office. M-Drive, for energy, stamina, recovery. Ice Den Scottsdale, practice home of the Arizona Coyotes, also in Chandler. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly is part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Zach Bondurant. All right, welcome in, hockey fans. It's a very special day today. We're uh, recording uh, tomorrow's episode early today because we're taking a uh, delve into Norway today. We're going to do a little uh, um, visit with a former Sun Devil, now a professional hockey player, uh, playing in Norway. Wade Murphy is going to join us today. So um, welcome in to Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona. As always, my co-host, uh, Zach Bondran will be joining me very, very shortly, and we'll be talking some professional hockey for you here uh, very, very shortly. Um, in the meantime, uh, I did want to uh, let you know that we are just a week away from the start of our newest podcast, In uh, that will be College Hockey Southwest Live. It will be talking NCAA college hockey as the season starts to get rolling. Uh, fingers crossed, anyway, for everybody. Um uh, out there that uh, we hope we can survive the, the COVID outbreak and continue on and get some games started. And we'll be bringing them to you every Sunday night live, all the uh, reaction and the uh, scores and updates, all the things that uh, going on. So uh, we look forward to that. In the meantime, um, tonight, today, uh, <laughs> we're going to take a trip across the ocean again. We're going to visit with, uh, like I said, Wade Murphy, who, uh, He's got a really interesting hockey career. Uh, grew up in uh, beautiful uh, British Columbia and then uh, came to the University of North Dakota and made the decision to come to ASU for a couple of years as they were just starting the program. And from that point forward, um, he evolved into a professional hockey player, played all over the country, and now is uh, in his second year in Norway. So in just a few minutes, we'll bring him on. I think Zach is with me now. Zach, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. It's a it's a strange day, Zach, because we're recording on a Sunday. But when there's a nine hour time difference involved with our guest, we have to do what we have to do. So, well, we are live right now. This will be aired uh, tomorrow in our normal seven thirty p.m. Uh, Pacific time time slot. Ha! Huh. And now, just to uh, do a little housekeeping, uh, next Sunday starts College Hockey Southwest Live. And it also, with the time change, um, will be all of our shows will be 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time. And we'll stay on 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time for uh, the foreseeable future. So got that out of the way. How are you? 
I'm good. I just had a funny instance with the Podbean app, but I was able to get it all squared <laughs> away, and now we're rolling. But yeah, just uh, good, enjoying the nice weather down here. So, well, as I said in the open, uh, Zach, but professional hockey just continues to to move forward. Now it's very quiet, at least at the NHL and AHL level, which tells me there's a lot of planning going on and a lot of uh, resources being put into uh, finding out a schedule that works, whether there can be fans or there can be media, all of that stuff. So uh, we sit back and wait like everybody else is uh, to find out just exactly how this is all going to play out. But um, in the meantime, uh, games are starting up. Our guest today has already played six games uh, in Norway, so there's games being played in professional hockey. Last night we had a couple of uh, Arizona State Sun Devils doing uh, doing battle with the uh, Dubuque Fighting Saints. So things are starting to heat up just a little bit. If we keep this COVID stuff down and uh, get moving on, I think we're going to be ready to, to, to do some action here. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's starting to get rolling, and I think we're starting to see a, um, a realization that Things can kind of can go back to, I guess, normal, um, and it can be done correctly, and that there's really not too much to worry about as long as we all kind of do our part and and just kind of follow the rules that they lay down for us. And I'm I'm sure we'll be able to have a a good hockey season, and we won't have any issues. You know, and that's a good point because I was saying today that. Um, what hockey and sports in general has done is really taken a proactive method to uh, getting through the pandemic. And if the rest of the country had done that, we probably would not be in the mess that we're in right now. But when you look at what the NHL did in the bubbles and you look at what uh, uh, junior teams are doing right now with uh, USHL starting up um, regular season games very, very soon and NAHL have been playing games and even some of the uh, club teams have gotten started in various parts of the country, but you know, you, you do what you need to do. You, you, you fix the problems that you have, you do the testing, you do the mask wearing, you do the social distancing and guess what? Sports are leading the way. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, I think the NHL kind of, uh, kind of showed how the groundwork could be laid down for having a, a successful season and uh, successful competition between a multitude of teams. The NBA seemed to to kind of follow that suit and and use a lot of the same guidelines and, and ideas. Um, the NFL is having more success now, um, and I think that they're also learning kind of what works and what doesn't work. But I also think that um, people are just kind of playing it a little bit smarter um, or they're just kind of understanding what the situation is. Um, you wear a mask. Um, if you are highly susceptible, you take extra precautions. Um, but other than that, I think we're fairly, I, I feel like we're fairly, uh, taking care of what we need to in the sense of, um, the people who are at risk or are taking the measures and the people who are, um, potential carriers are just trying to do what they can to, to help out and, and get everybody back to, to work and, and everything else. So um, I think, I think everybody's kind of wising up and, and starting to realize that, you know, we can beat this thing and it's not this big gigantic Godzilla monster that's going to come in and, and take over. So. 
Yeah, and getting back to professional hockey, um, like I said, it's kind of quiet right now because I think everybody's in the back uh, just trying to sort things out and figure out what the best uh, way to proceed is. But a couple things we know. I mean, there's still some free agent signings going on. There's still a few deals trickling in here and there, uh, a few trades happening here and there, mostly minor league stuff. But I think for the most part, most of the teams have the guys that they're going to go to uh, training camp with uh, on their roster right now, and they're preparing to – to get that set up. I know up in Henderson, it was a good sign when they were advertising for uh, in host or uh, in arena hosts uh, to be at their uh, Henderson Silver Knights game. So that tells you that's coming up. I do know that there's going to be a grand opening coming up um, in a couple of weeks or so in Henderson. So we'll be looking forward to being up there for that. And of course, with the AHL starting, so with the NHL, and, and we'll go from there. But uh, a lot. A lot over the next two months, I think, is going to tell us where we're going to be. I think NHL and AHL won't start till January. We know what the NCAA is planning on. And shout out to the NCHC for their uh, little uh, bubble, which will have their teams from their eastern part of their conference and the western part of their conferences playing against each other in Omaha. Um, and that's going to start December 1st, and we'll go till the Christmas break. And then they're hoping that after uh, January 1, they're going to be able to move forward with playing games in their own buildings. So interesting. Um, your thoughts on, on all of that. Yeah. I think the, uh, the pod that, uh, that they're kind of calling it is, is a, uh, I think it's a good idea for the, for the remaining of this year to try and get those games in. Um, I think something interesting is they are, um, they're looking towards next year, so the beginning of 2021, to start being able to do some traveling. Which um, I feel like that's that's probably going to be the case. You know, once once everything gets gets finished up in November, we'll be able to kind of move forward with the next step in the process. And I think they've done an excellent job, and like I said, creating that that pod and that atmosphere. Um, and and I look forward to seeing seeing the results of it. I think it's going to create some really good hockey because these teams have been cooped up for an extra uh, what two months now or three months, and um, they're going to realize that every single game counts. And they're going to be they're going to start the season off at the at the start of the pistol. So um, it'll be good. I, I'm really excited to get uh, to get the guys going again and uh, seeing the competitive hockey that's going to be in the NCHC. All right, let's take a quick break. Let's uh, hear from a couple of our partners. We'll come back and hopefully have our, uh, our special guest on from uh, Norway. Wade Murphy will be joining us shortly. Free game like a pro. Post game like a champion at College Bar and Grill. Located in downtown Tempe at 740 South Mill Avenue, College Bar and Grill is the place for the best local craft beers, tasty food, and Tempe's best atmosphere for Arizona State Athletics. A short walk from Sun Devil Stadium or Desert Financial Arena. Stop by for lunch or dinner, game day or any day. College Bar and Grill. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Bill Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player, or shout out your own game with your own number. 
15 discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice, our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable, show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of Summer Skate, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. Looking for your next car? Head out to 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix and stop in at Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant. Come in and check out our great deals on the remaining 2020 Fords, as well as the new 2021 models just arriving, like the new E450 pickup truck during our summer outdoor and SUV sale. Voted the number one Ford dealer in Arizona by Ranking Arizona, we will do what it takes to make your car buying experience safe and convenient. Shop online at bellford.com. We'll bring everything to you on your schedule. Schedule a test drive. Need a repair? We'll come pick up your vehicle and bring it back to you. Our sales and service professionals are ready to help in any way to make sure you are happy and satisfied. Go online to bellford.com or call us at 602-866-1776 and let us show you why we've been the dealership that keeps Shane Doan coming back year after year. Behind the Mask Hockey Shop, celebrating 25 years of exceptional service to the Arizona hockey community, offering the top brands and an educated staff of hockey players to help you choose the right gear for you. Visit any one of our three Valley locations or check us out online at BehindTheMask.com. Hey, Michael here from M-Drive. My dad, a world-class scientist, actually made M-Drive for himself to stay active and continue enjoying life. And yes, M-Drive supports healthy testosterone, but it's so much more. M-Drive is the everyday supplement to fuel your drive with more energy and more strength. Listen, we'd love for you to try M-Drive too. Visit mdriveformen.com and we'll give you 20% off your first purchase. Just type in the code DRIVE at checkout. We find your prime with M-Drive. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the Fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No, stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that Fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by offensive ribs. I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. All right, we're back. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly being recorded today at a very special time for a very special reason. Uh, our next guest, uh, we're trying to hook up with him at the moment. As soon as we have him on board, uh, we will uh, we'll go forward with that. But our next guest is uh, going to join us from um, uh, Norway. <laughs> Zach, every time I say that, it's just, uh, you know, that that's where my grandparents uh, are from. And, uh, you know, so it holds something special to me. But whenever I say we're going to talk to a former Sun Devil from Norway, uh, it, it's really strange. So 
Um, hopefully we get uh, our, our guest Wade Murphy on and we're able to start uh, doing a little chatting and, and seeing, um, you know, just exactly what's going on over there and how things are going for him. He's having a really, uh, I said, interesting career. He grew up in Victoria, British Columbia, and then uh, played a lot of uh, youth hockey and junior hockey and then committed to North Dakota, went there for a couple of years and then made the, he was really the first big jump, uh, a player from uh, a college, a university like that to, to say Arizona state was going to be his home. And uh, he sat out a year waiting to play. I uh, had a lot of conversations with him when he was here uh, waiting to play. And then uh, he, of course he, he was able to play and uh, got a, got a year in under his belt at Arizona state in uh, 2016, 2017. And it went from there. So uh, just your thoughts on Wade and, and the kind of player he is. Yeah, um, I remember seeing him in when I was in Michigan, and he was he was a pretty big body that was kind of laying the lumber out. And um, I mean, he was also really gifted as a as a forward. Um, one of the the Sun Devils, I think maybe the first drafted Sun Devil. Um, or player that was drafted besides Joey. Cause he, but I guess it's technicality. So Joey played the year after that he committed. So I'd have to do some research, but he was a 2013 seventh round pick by the predators. Um, so obviously he, he's very gifted uh, offensively and, and a really great hockey player. And like you said, you, he's the first big kind of commit um, that came, that transfer that came from a, uh, uh, blue chip university like North Dakota. So uh, it definitely kind of set the trend for Arizona state uh, over the next few years, as we've seen a lot of transfers come in um, Max Prodzik, um, Chris Grando. Uh, there's just been a multitude of transfers to come in. Most recently, um, Sean Doogie. Doogie. Yeah. I was, he's I'm he's like, the one that reminds me most of Wade, not in stature and size, but just coming from a big blue chip program uh, to Arizona State, which is now becoming a blue chip program. Exactly. Yeah. So he kind of set the trend to have uh, for 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 guys who, who went to a school who maybe just needed a fresh start or um, in in James Sanchez situation where he had um, uh, committed when Red Berenson was there and then they had the coaching change and then he just, just felt like he needed a different atmosphere and he came to, went to Dubuque and then came to Arizona state. So um, kind of shout out to, to Wade Murphy for setting that trend of Arizona being almost that second chance you. Um, so it's, it's really cool to see. I think he was a fantastic player. I think he really, added to the 2016-2017 roster. Um, nine goals, 11 assists. So he put up 20 points. He was the third uh, third leading points man on that roster. So um, he definitely he definitely uh, made, made use of his time at ASU. And Zach, also when he was at ASU, you know, that was the second year of the – well, the first full year, I guess, of NCAA play. But they were building a roster, so he really didn't have a lot of help around him as far as – you know, I don't want to take anything away from the players that were there, but it, they were limited in what they had for talent. They hadn't recruited a lot of the players that they have right now. And, you know, to see what Wade Murphy would be like uh, playing on a roster with with the guys that are on the current ASU roster would be really fun and exciting. Uh, I just uh, 
got a message from him saying that he will be with us in about 10 minutes. So I, I think it'll be shorter than that. But um, when he joins us, we'll, uh, we'll have a chance to visit with that. But, uh, you know, the interesting transition as well from beautiful Victoria, British Columbia to North Dakota to Arizona State, um, that, that itself is just something that is really, um, you know, when you talk about the hockey world, you don't see a lot of that. I guess, but uh, maybe we're going to see more of it with Arizona State becoming more of a powerhouse. Yeah, definitely. I think it's definitely going to open up the the opportunities um, because they're drawing more and more attention, as you can definitely tell with uh, with both Pashtuks going into the San Jose organization, um, Maniscalco going to Pittsburgh, Tyler Bush going over to Cincinnati in the ECHL. So I think they're really drawing eyes as number one, they're playing really big teams, really well-respected teams. So, so scouts who were there already to scout players from um, for the upcoming season, for example, like the Michigans and the Ohio States um, and the Minnesotas, they're going to have an opportunity to see these kids four games. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely going to to lend well to the players to getting that exposure in the Big Ten. And I think we're going to see a lot more kids from the next year or two making that jump or even getting the first active Sun Devil drafted in the NHL draft. Yeah, I think we're really, really close to that. Um, you know, of course, uh, when we talk about professional hockey, there's so many different levels. And I think a lot of players that – that need to work on something particular. I mean, Wade spent what three, four years in the ECHL before making the move to uh, to Norway, and it'll be interesting to find out what he says if uh, that move was to, to work on details, to work on certain things or whatever. Because we all know um, the ECHL, the AHL are development leagues for the NHL, but the the question with the or the the situation there is normally they play a lot of games too and. The, the practice time and the skill development, while they want it to be good, sometimes isn't as good as uh, what we've heard from people playing overseas in Europe or wherever. Um, they, they seem to get a lot more practice time and a lot more one-on-one development time. And so it'll be interesting to find out when he comes on uh, if that's something that lured him over there or what exactly brought him there. Yeah, I mean, and he actually – he had five seasons in the ECHL. He – he seemed to be to have a bit of a journeyman career with Manchester, Worcester, Greenville, Kalamazoo, and then Maine. Um, and then he made that jump to Norway. And then he played 44 games in Norway with 46 points. So whatever he did that first season to kind of tune in his game, um, he was a more than a point-per-game player, which is awesome. And then this year already he's played six games has three goals to assist, so that's five points. He's almost he's he's on that point per game pace. Um, so I, whatever he's doing, he, he's doing it right, and it could it could definitely lead to a crack at the at the at the next level, and hopefully the NHL or the the AHL again. Um, but yeah, it's I think he's had just he's had one of those careers where he's continuously tried to improve and grow. And you can definitely tell the growth that he's had, um, specifically a, a big jump in Norway last season. You know, I can tell you from the moment he stepped on campus at ASU, he was uh, a force. Uh, he was uh, teaching guys how to play the game the right way, having come out of that North Dakota program. 
Um, so we saw him on the ice, even the year that he was redshirting, he was out there and uh, being a force, as I said, but also he was preparing those guys for what was to come. So uh, ASU likes to look at their forefathers, right? The guys that built the program, laid the groundwork. And I don't think, even though he was just here for two years, I don't think Wade Murphy uh, would be a guy that you could not put on the back burner. I think he played a big part, was a big building block of uh, building ASU hockey, and he'll be a big building block of the future when you look back on it, right? Like in the future, let's say they win a national championship or two in the next 10 years. And you look back and you go, well, how'd this all get started? The name Wade Murphy is going to pop up, no doubt. Yeah, I think when you look at it, um, you've got guys like on that roster that he came in on. You have Anthony Croston that was there. You had Tyler Bush, Louis Rowe, Dylan Holman, Jacob Stridesburg, and then Brinson Pashnuk, Brett Gruber, um, Joey Rats and then Steen Pashnuk as well. So um, Jake Clifford, like if you look at this roster, it's just these guys built the program. And I think another thing to look at what Wade Murphy had done um, is he gave Coach Powers a little bit of that experience of, of courting a, a transfer kid. Um, and I think that's why when you look at the roster, you see some, some kids that have come over from BU or from Michigan, um, and, and coach powers had that experience in courting those kids to come and play here. Um, so I think it's, I think he definitely, the, the groundwork he laid, I think is definitely, there's more to be seen than on the ice. Uh, and no disrespect to his game because, like I said, he was the third the third uh, leading points player on that team. And um, But I think a lot of what he did was more behind the scenes, maybe of what we didn't see. Like I said, getting Coach Powers, maybe that, that uh, experience in that first transfer kid coming over, um, teaching the guys, you know, this is how it's done at, at the blue chip schools. And every day you come to work and every day your job is on the line. So I think, like I said, the groundwork that he laid is definitely more to be seen than just what was on the on the rink. And um, I think ASU was definitely uh, – that's how they got such a fast start to, to their uh, NCAA D1 careers because they had somebody like Wade Murphy come in and, and show them and, and teach them the, the ways of the, the blue chips, if you will. Yeah, I totally agree. When you uh... – when you also look, and it'll be fun to ask him this as well, as when he was recruited by North Dakota, obviously the Taj Mahal of college hockey at Ralph Engelstead Arena, and everything you see there, um, you know, Grand Forks being a very small community, but uh, when you get on campus, you see that facility. I mean, it gives you the vision of playing in the NHL right here, right now, and that yeah. itself sells an awful lot. Plus, you look down their wall of fame, and you see all the former uh, North Dakota players that were uh, NHLers and not only NHLers but NHL stars, and then you come into a program like that, and then uh, for whatever reason it might be, you end up uh, transferring to Arizona State, and you know nothing against Oceanside Ice Arena, but it's not the Ralph Engelstead Arena. <laughs> so, so yeah. when, you make, when you make that jump, I, I just am really curious on the culture change. I know that he liked the university; he's very proud to be a, a graduate of uh, Arizona State, and uh, I think. 
you know, what we're going to find is uh, is a player that just, you know, maybe needed that change. Like I say, maybe you want to be a part of building a new program. I mean, who knows? We'll, we'll ask. Um, we're having a little bit of trouble getting him on board, but we'll get it figured out here shortly. So in the meantime, um, NHL-wise stuff, uh, your Colorado Avalanche just sitting pretty again. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Joe Sackick's kind of got all the uh... – all the winning cards in his hand to uh, to make a championship run, and we had talked about it on the um, the pandemic playoff podcast that we did. And I had asked the the uh, the hot seat question is of who would win, who do we think would win a Stanley Cup first of the teams that we have in our territory, which of course is the Arizona Coyotes, the Vegas Golden Knights, and the Colorado Avalanche. Um, and I made a bit of a bold statement in the sense of Colorado would win it prior to Vegas. Um, that was before Vegas signed uh, Alex Pietrangelo. Uh, I still, however, think that Colorado is set up to make a, a Stanley Cup championship prior to Vegas because of the cap situation. Um, because at the trade deadline, Joe could see something that he just needs to shore up. And if it means taking a really large contract, he has the room to do so. Um, So I think it'll be interesting to see. Uh, Of course, this is why they play the game. And the obvious, I guess if you could call it, weak spot in the Avs roster right now is the goaltending. But I think, um, you know, I'm only seeing it from the outside. Um, The player development, the coaches, the staff, they seem to be very keyed on uh, the three goalies that they have signed to to these contracts, which is uh, Grubauer, Franzos, and Miska. And uh, we had talked about it last week of Hunter Miska. I think I'm um, getting some time in the NHL. And I love the story, undrafted. He, He was signed by Arizona. Um, had some time there and then goes to Colorado, gets a contract extension, uh, played in the national championship with UMD. Um, and I, I think, I think they're, they're, they're conf- they're confident and comfortable with those three goalies in going into this, uh, short season or not short season, but condensed season. Well, let me tell you this on the Colorado end of it, if Colorado end of it, if you can score, and you can play pretty good defense like they seem to have intact. Um, yes, it's great to have a star goaltender, but uh, you know what you're asking your goaltender to do uh, in Colorado is far different than what you're asking your goaltender to do in a place like Arizona. Uh, Arizona, you've got to be the backstop, and you've got to hope you can win 3-2, 2-1, maybe 4-3 games uh, with your goaltender standing on their head uh, a lot. And, but in Colorado, you can pretty much score six, seven goals even if you if you need to. And uh, so, you know, if you give up two or three goals, not critical. Would you agree with that? Yeah, and I mean, uh, maybe that's the approach that he is taking. It's more of a um, more of a counting card situation where it, all we have to do is put up a massive amount of points and play solid defense while our defense is chipping in on the offensive line and with an addition like uh, Devin Taves, that's, that just shores up that third line defense. And I mean, right now they have them paired and this is just to, uh, according to like daily face off, this isn't, has no 
no means of what the line combinations are going to look like. But right now they have Devin Tapes mixed with Ian Cole. And that combination right there, I think we're actually going to see a lot of because Ian Cole is, first of all, I love the signing that they did with Ian Cole. I was able actually to meet Ian Cole uh, when the Pittsburgh Penguins won the Stanley Cup. And uh, Ian Cole's from Ann Arbor when I was in Michigan. And I was able to meet him and take a picture with him with the Stanley Cup. And when he got signed to the Colorado Avalanche, I immediately knew this is a player that is going to bring that defensive def- that defensive defenseman-minded player that they have been yearning for to just a stay-at-home defense who's going who's gonna to just roll the garbage out, get it out of the zone, and he's a heavy hitter. So I would love to see that combination with Taves and Cole because Taves can be that puck-moving defenseman to play with Joe Comfer and Burkowski or that fourth line of Calvert, Belmar, and uh, Natushkin. And Ian Cole is going to be at stay-at-home that's just going to going to crush anybody that comes into that that defensive zone. So, yeah, I think that's definitely something to be considered is when you have a defensive lineup like this um, and you have Grubauer and Francois who are who are sound goalies. And Francois saw a lot of pucks in the playoffs, and he showed some weak points. But, again, that's why these guys are professionals. They can see things and grow from it and become better. And uh, I think I think we're going to see that from the the Habs goaltending this year. So when we uh, move down or across the uh, the Rockies to to Las Vegas, and you look at what the Vegas Golden Knights have done, um, Alex Petrangelo obviously was the, uh, the 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 key piece that they added now. But a lot of people said you can't have twelve million dollars tied up in goaltenders, and while that is very very unusual uh, to say the least. The twelve million that they have might be the key to their hockey team because if they get great solid goaltending, they do have some firepower up front. Uh, they do have some very solid defensemen right now. They're going to be a difficult team to play against and a difficult team to defeat strictly from those standpoints. But Vegas seems to be very comfortable with that. I mean, uh, I I don't think ideally that's how you'd want to do it, but they're trying to make the best with the the hand they were dealt and. They signed Mark Andre. They signed Robin Leonard. So now you got to do what you got to do with those guys in your lineup. And who knows? Maybe this will be the roadmap to uh, to a new uh, a new way. So we'll find out. Um, we'll see what happens. I just got a text message from Wade saying he's ready. So hopefully we'll get him on board. Um, let me uh, see if I can reach out to him just a second as we do live talk here, um, and we'll see what happens. So. Your yeah, thoughts on Vegas? Thing, yeah, I think the other thing to to look at for for Vegas is, I mean, you're right with the condensed season. Having two number ones is not a bad idea. Um, I'm definitely going to be paying really close attention to see how they navigate that, um, because if you look at this team and the cap situation going into the trade deadline. You're basically saying I am comfortable with this team the way it is because you've really locked locked yourself into uh, a tough cap space. And Vegas has always kind of had that quote-unquote issue. Um, they've always seemed to make it work. Uh, they have a, just a phenomenal way of moving things around and getting the right players in the right places. So uh, it's nothing I don't think that Vegas fans should worry about because they've just shown the history of being able to move these guys around and make things work. But 
from my perspective, putting my GM hat on, um, and again, table, a kitchen table GM. <laughs> There's a reason why I'm not in the, in the NHL as a GM, but um, it's just interesting to see. And and I'm, I I really think they're going to be a really phenomenal team. And I hope they prove me wrong and they they steal a cup this year. So uh, not steal a cup, they will definitely earn it. But um, I think that trade deadline, if they feel like they're weak in any area, I think we're going to have to see one of the big top guys. Marcia So Carlson or Smith maybe moved out or maybe somebody else who maybe just isn't performing this year. So it'll be very interesting. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think uh, I think we have Wade at least listening to us at this point. So as soon as we can uh, make the connection with him, uh, we will bring him on and, and talk a little uh, a little hockey from Norway here in just a minute. Um, yeah, I totally agree with you as far as Vegas is concerned. I think they also have so much young talent that's pushing their way towards a, an NHL roster spot. And right now, uh, when you look at it, they just don't have any spots available. So um, hopefully that will uh, that will play itself out, whether it means moving a veteran, whether it means a veteran steps up and plays better. And uh, the Henderson Silver Knights benefit by having those guys on there. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's really crazy. So um, – Without any further ado, let's bring on our special guest from Norway, Wade Murphy. Scott and Zach with you today. How are you, my friend? Hey, how's it going, guys? How you doing? Uh, you sound loud and clear. Uh, sorry for oh. the mix-up. I'm having problems doing time, <laughs> time zone things, so uh, I, I appreciate you coming on with us. Uh, how are things in Norway? Yeah, uh, things are great right now. Um, you know, I'm uh, you know really excited to be here and uh, – you know, uh, you know, happy to be on the show right now. You know, Wade, we were talking about uh, your career um, before you came on, and and we look at what you did last year in Norway and um, scoring almost a point a game or more than point a game, and now just what six games in, and you got almost a point a game now. Is uh, is something changed or in the style of your play, or something that you can put your your finger on and say, hey, this is why I'm scoring like crazy? Uh, to be honest with you, uh, nothing's really changed in my game. Um, you know, I think European hockey is a little different than uh, the North American style, I would say. Um, I think the main difference is uh, the bigger ice sheet. I think for me, uh, it allows you to have more time and space in the game, uh, which gives players like, you know, myself, uh, you know, you have to have a strong skating ability and playmaking as well. So, I found the adjustment from North American to European uh, beneficial for me personally, but uh, um, you definitely have to skate in this league. I think it's very structured, uh, um, especially in the league in Norway. Um, it's defense first, so you got to be structurally sound and, you know, and like I said, skate well. So I think for me personally, it's been a great adjustment for, you know, my style of play and uh, many players alike. So as we as we sit here, Zach and I are both uh, in sunny Arizona, where it's finally cooling down to below a hundred. <laughs> but yeah, but how, how, how's the adjustment been back to the cold? Because you grew up in uh, in Victoria, BC, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, it's definitely uh, starting to get colder here. Uh, you know, in Oslo right now, it uh, it's like very similar to Victoria. It actually, rains just about every day. It seems like, but um, my last year when I was in Narvik, it was it, it was very cold up there. Uh, it's located north of the Arctic Circle, so it's uh, it's up there for sure. And there's, you know, a couple of weeks where there was no sunlight at all, so it was pretty dark. And but you know, uh, honestly, I loved it. You know, it was a great experience up there. But uh, 
you know, usually the colder weather makes you want to play hockey for me personally. So, um, you know, I, I don't mind the weather here. So wait, I have a question as far as when the, uh, when you moved from, from the North America region and you, and you went to Norway, what was the big, I guess, culture shock? And the second part is that is how's the communication with teammates? Is it multiple different languages or, or did you have to learn a new language? How did that go for you? Yeah. Uh, luckily for me, the transition last year was, uh, pretty easy as, uh, our coach was Canadian as well. So I think, uh, I was very fortunate in that regard. Um, you know, uh, when I first got there, I was only North American on the team. Most of the guys are from either Norway, Sweden, or Finland. So, um, you know, generally the people over here are very kind and friendly and welcoming. So um, I was, you know, fortunate enough to go on a team that welcomed me with open arms. But uh, like I said, we, uh, my, the Canadian coach helped me. He's He lived in Sweden for, I think, eight, eight or nine years, I believe. So, um, he really helped me with the transition and like what to do and the customs and everything. And then, uh, as the year went on, we got a couple more Americans. So it was nice to have, you know, a couple of guys to chat with in the locker room and at home and stuff. So, but, uh, with this year in, uh, Valerangna, I'm the only North American or the only English national speaking guy on the team. So the coaches are Norwegian, the players are Norwegian and Swedish. So, um, it really helped me from last year. So I know, know what to expect, at least in the, in the country of Norway, but, um, you know, I'm adjusting to it, but I think it's a, it's a fun challenge for me. You know, I get to learn, I'm trying to learn uh, Norwegian, but I'm slowly, slowly <laughs> learning. So, uh, <laughs> to say at least I only know a handful of words right now, but, uh, overall <laughs> it's been, uh, it's been great. So can't complain. Oh, wait, I'll tell you the that... Viking chant. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we have this, uh, cheer after the game and there it's obviously Norwegian. So I'm just, clapping my hands and you know saying the sounds or <laughs> trying to learn it but it's coming very slowly so <laughs> wait i'll tell you i'm 100 percent norwegian and i still can't speak the language so nothing yeah. <laughs> nothing wrong with yeah. that it takes some time uh, yeah for sure i i want to just plug a little bit with you you played after leaving asu you played in the echl for a number of different teams and and then what was your process the decision making process to say hey i want to give Norway a shot uh so my last team when I was the main Mariners uh my head coach actually played a few years uh in in Europe in Sweden Germany and in Norway and then uh at the end of the year I kind of wanted to change I think um a change of path and I told him I want to try Europe so um my head coach Riley Armstrong uh told me uh gave me some connections and he told me uh you know the spot at Narvik's a new team because the team in Narvik moved up from the Norwegian uh, two league. They uh, moved up. So, um, and he told me the coach is Canadian and he said he was a great guy and uh, fortunate enough he was, and, you know, gave me a lot of opportunity, but, um, you know, basically he, my coach in Maine uh, you know, helped me open doors for, you know, my Norwegian uh, career. So from the, from the pros, uh, or or from Norway, you had a, a five years in the ECHL. Um, you were drafted to the Nashville Predators. Um, what was that like? What's that process like uh, of being drafted and then moving through the league and and fine tuning skills and looking to make the next jump? Yeah, you know, there's it was, it was definitely some ups and downs uh, in the ECHL, but uh, you know, I, like you said, I played for five different teams and two and a half years, but, you know, uh, you know, I took, I took the positives out of it, you know, coming over from, uh, 
coming over to Europe. So, um, you know, I saw the different cities. I met some great people, some great hockey people. And, um, you know, when I was in Maine, Maine our, our president was Daniel Breer. So I thought that was pretty cool. You know, just try to talk to him and cause he, he went through some ups and downs being a smaller guy, obviously. And, uh, so I just, you know, I just try to pick cause pick everyone's brains and, um, you know, I, yeah, was, I just, you know, there's some negatives, obviously, but, uh, you know, I try to take the positives and uh, just move on forward with my career. So you make the move, and we'll take one more step back, because I know there's a lot of people listening from uh, from Arizona and the Southwest, and they were thrilled to see you come on board as a Sun Devil. Um, we talked earlier before you came on about uh, maybe you were the, one of the first, if not the first building block to tell Arizona State that, hey, you can be a blue-chip program. Uh, you can have blue-chip players. You can get better. You can win a national championship. Tell me about that move. You've told it to me before when, when you and I talked at ASU, but number one, you have to sit out a year, right, in the transfer, and and then you have a bunch of young guys that really haven't uh, found their way yet, and you did a lot of things off the ice and on the ice. I saw you during those years, so – so tell me a little bit about what that was like and, and how proud you are to say that you were a Sun Devil for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, my time at ASU uh, was a great experience. Uh, you know, I think uh, it helped my game develop. Um, you know, it helped me mature as a person as well and, and as a student. You know, getting my degree uh, a couple summers ago, you know, that lasts, that lasts forever, obviously. I think that'll help me, you know, I can't, can't play hockey forever, so that's, that's always nice to have in your back pocket, but you know, uh, Coach Powers and the coaching staff uh, really helped me just uh, help build my game, really, and just, you know, be mature off, on and off the ice. And, uh, you know, he emphasized, you know, the Sun Devil tradition in the way. And, uh, you know, I, I live by that still. And, you know, I try, I try to lead by example when I was there and, uh, you know, help, help the younger guys because, you know, coming from North Dakota, it's a pretty prestigious program. So I, you know, try to take my experiences from there and, you know, and try and transfer it to ASU. And, you know, right now, obviously, uh, the program's having some great success, which is great to see. And I'm, you know, I'm very excited to see what they can do this upcoming year, when that's going to happen. Well, who knows with COVID, but, uh, but yeah, they're, uh, you know, they're definitely heading in the right direction. So it's good. Well, I followed up earlier too, and I'll follow up my question with you. I, I told Zach, my co-host, I said, uh, I can't imagine the culture shock for a hockey player who uh, goes to North Dakota because I spent four years covering North Dakota hockey back in the days of Taves and Oshie and those boys um, before I moved back to Arizona. And when I was uh, covering them, I mean, is there anything closer to an NHL locker room than the Ralph Engelstead Arena? And is there anything farther from an NHL locker room than Oceanside <laughs> Ice Arena? Yeah, like you, yeah, like you said, Grand. Grand Forks is, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely a hockey town, uh, you know, playing at the Ralph Engelstad Arena. It's, I think it's the nicest hockey rink in the world for sure. You know, just, just the passion they have there and just, um, you know, the program and how, you know, how, how they handle themselves. You know, it's before, before Las Vegas, they, uh, everyone called it the 31st NHL team. Uh, so, um, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, it's a, it's a pretty special place. Uh, you know, I, had a lot of good memories there, but, um, you know, going to Arizona, um, you know, it was definitely different, you know, the weather and the rink was not as, was not definitely not the Ralph Engelstad arena, but, um, you know, I just took the pauses out of it and just, you know, try to try to lead the boys on. So, yeah. So what's that process like? I, I'm somebody who 
um, who always loved watching the game of hockey, specifically in, in college too. And when I would hear about transfers coming in, I always wondered the the um, the reasonings behind it. Obviously, um, I think that's the, the stories that we really like to hear of, you know, you guys are, are human and, and we love to hear the stories that you guys bring to the game. Uh, so what was that? What was that process like? How did that go for you? And then, and, and what are the steps that you took and what were some of the other institutions that had, had you interested and what made you finally choose ASU? Yeah. So I guess after, so after my sophomore year, in North Dakota, so just after the frozen four, um, they had a coaching change. Uh, so my first two years at North Dakota, it was Dave Haxtell. So he, after the season, he got the job with Philadelphia Flyers. So um, we, so my exit meeting went with him, and it was positive. But then they got the new coach or the new Bradbury, and then you know I think we both kind of agreed that I wasn't gonna probably get as much playing time as I thought I was gonna get. So and they had incoming guys that he you know, promised would get ice time and or opportunity. So at that time I just thought I just needed a change. You know, uh, you know, I, I felt like a little bit of pressure in North Dakota to, you know, produce and just, you know, wasn't happening or wasn't getting the opportunity. But, um, you know, I then I looked around different schools that summer. Um, you know, there's a few, few other schools. I would Minnesota Duluth, Nebraska, Omaha, like within the same division of as North Dakota in the NCHC. But, you know, when it came, I, I really wanted us to have, you know, get opportunity and get as much ice time as I can. Um, so I, I saw ASU as a good opportunity for me just to, you know, play right away. Well, I, obviously I knew I had to sit out a year no matter what, but the following year I, I knew I would get a good opportunity and, you know, fresh start and going to a first year program. That's even more of a fresh, fresh start. So, um, you know, I wanted, I wanted to be a leader to, uh, whatever school I was going to, going to choose. So I, I thought Arizona was the perfect fit, and fortunately enough, it was. Uh, obviously, good weather, uh, nice school and everything, so that obviously was a factor. But um, I think this, you know, the opportunity for me was important at the time, and, you know, I was fortunate enough to, you know, get it. Wade, when, when you moved on from, from Arizona State and uh, began your professional career and then uh, more guys con- continued to come into Arizona State and now have started to uh, – make their way into the professional ranks as well. Was there anything that surprised you about that happening this quickly? Or did you think the guys that were coming in had that kind of potential? Uh, honestly, nothing surprised me. No, I could, when, I, when I was there, they were young, um, you know, the freshmen were young. So, but they, you know, they had, I can definitely see they had potential, uh, you know, like every new program has stepping stones. Um, you know, uh, you know, we obviously had a slow, a slower start, but I, when I was there, the second half of the year, I thought we were like we were beating some good teams, you know, nationally ranked teams, top ten, top fifteen teams. So, like as the year went on, you can you can clearly see that you know we were starting to be you know a legit team. And then, you know, as the years went on, a couple of years later, those younger guys started to develop and uh, you know get better, get stronger. Um, and so, I, to be honest, I'm not surprised that you know guys are moving on or or having success in the NCAA. So. Uh, no, for, for me personally, I don't, I'm not shocked. I'm sure the general public would be, but no, if, if you're in that locker room and, you know, personally know the guys and uh, you know that they, they have the ability to move on and play professional hockey for sure. Yeah. And you were there for the first 
ranked for the first win against a ranked team against Air Force. Um, what's that like for for a young program to come in and beat an an 18th ranked team and to be a part of that? Um, how do you think that that influenced the next step in the, in the teammates and and where the the um, the organization is at now? Yeah, I think it really helped a lot. Uh, like I said, I think our our start was a little slow. I think our first uh, eight to ten games, I think guys were still nervous. Slash, you know, the, the previous year they're they didn't win too many games, but uh, I think you know showing that we can beat the top teams, like like you said, Air Force. Um, you know, beating Ohio State in shootout, beating Western Michigan, uh, you know, Denver, uh, like those teams. Uh, I think that really showed how, you know, we can definitely compete with any team and it gives younger guys confidence. It gives myself and older guys confidence as well, like showing that the coaches that, like, you know, we can, we can definitely compete against the top teams. But, uh, yeah, I just think just our, as each, each game went on, we, you can see like little, little, weight was lifted off the guy's shoulders and showing that we're, we're a team to get, compete with. Wade, we're, we're a week away from November, and in Arizona State hockey terms, uh, November is going to be a really different but exciting month. Uh, we're scheduled to break ground here on the new arena on campus. Um, we're scheduled to play a all-Big Ten on-the-road season, 28-game season. So when I say those two things for you um, – as a former Sun Devil, tell me what your first things that come into your head for, first of all, the arena. Yeah, I think that's that's very exciting news. I think, uh, you know, uh, we've been hearing it for a while now, but I think it's finally getting, you know, it's, it's going to happen. I think it's very exciting. You know, it's going to only recruit, uh, you know, better players and, you know, build the program to what, what it is today, but even bigger too, so – and when I saw moved into the Big Ten, that's, I think that's a great step. You know, that's obviously a very, you know, prestigious uh, division. Um, you know, there's a lot of great teams, Michigan, Ohio State, to name it, to name them. So I think, you know, it's definitely a step in the right direction for sure. I think playing on the road all year might will be tough. But I think, you know I, know, I know some of those guys, I think they can handle it. And they definitely have the ability to adapt to the new culture. Let, let me tell you real quickly, and Zach, if I cut you off, I'm sorry. Uh, I just want to uh, follow. I want to follow up on that way because we had Coach Powers on a couple of weeks ago on our college hockey show, and uh, he said a couple of things that that I hadn't really thought about. He said, number one, uh, the way the schedule is set up for them traveling, it's going to be like seven trips instead of fourteen trips away from home in a season because they're going to go for um, eight days and play four games and then come back and okay. then. You know, so he, he thinks that less travel, he said, in his words, less uh, airline points and more Marriott points. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's how he looked at that. And then secondly, he said, everybody's online now. Every student is online because of COVID. So he thinks that the environment's going to be different. And he gave me an example. He said, like, if we fly into Minneapolis and play the University of Minnesota and we play on a Friday, Saturday night, that's typical. Um, but then instead of flying home, we're going to hop on a bus and drive down I-94 to Madison and we'll, uh, get our homework done and do our practice prep and all that in Madison. And then maybe play on a Wednesday and Thursday night, which is a little different, but then hop on a plane and fly back home Thursday night. So you'd be back home for the weekend and then you probably get a week of practice again at home. 
before you go on the road again. So when I say that, as a former player, uh, would you have enjoyed that part of it? It's actually funny because uh, I think when I played there my one year, we, we did a two-week road trip as well. We, went, we played uh, Friday, Saturday, New Hampshire, Boston College, and then we, we uh, drove to Penn Station to play Penn State. So it was, it was very similar, uh, two-week, uh, four games in uh, 12 or 11 days, whatever. And, uh, you know, I didn't mind it. I think it brings the team closer together. Um, you know, team bonding, I think, is very important. But, um, no, I, I don't mind that at all. Like, uh, you, know, play, when, you know, when playing pro, you stay in a, ho- a lot of hotels. So, um, as, yeah, like, as long as you're doing your homework or your scores online, I don't, I don't see a problem with it. I think it's actually beneficial in a way. You know, you're eating the same meals. You're doing the same exact things with your teammates. You know, there's meetings and practices. You know, everyone's on the same page. I think it's beneficial uh, in the long run, actually. And, and you so, probably remember – one more thing, Zach. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, go, you. no, you're okay. Okay, one last thing, Zach, uh, follow up on that, Wade, is that I like to make predictions about where the Sun Devils are going to be. In the last three, four years, I've put a magic number out there as to what I thought the number of wins that they were going to be required to get into the NCAA tournament. We know this year is – going to be really crazy because the pairwise will not influence who gets in and who gets out. Right. That being that being said, um, I look at a 28-game schedule like that, and I think, man, you got to win 20 to get in. So my question to you is, again, as a former Sun Devil, and you know what this roster looks like now, 20-8, uh, and eight, is that doable? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think uh... – they definitely, they definitely on paper can do it. Uh, you know, obviously Johnny Walker is at senior year, and I think he's obviously going to be one of their top players. Um, you know, I think they got good D too. Uh, yeah, but twenty and eight, that's that'd be a very good season for sure. But you know, I think I think they can do it. Uh, I'm not I'm not sure uh, how good the rest of the Big Ten is this year, but I took a quick glance at ASU. I think you know they got some. They got some good young guys and you know good sophomores and juniors, like middle core guys. So, um, yeah, I think yeah, 19, 20, 21 wins probably will get you into the tournament for sure. So, within playing at Arizona State, um, what do you think was was I guess favorite memory or something that you took out of the program that you were most proud of? Uh Oh, uh, there's toughest name one. Uh, you know, I thought I think the when we beat Ohio State uh, on a Saturday and that shootout win, I think that was a big one for us as a program. I think because it was nationally televised as well. I think uh, you know, I think all my buddies back home watched it as well. Just for me personally, that was a big one. But I think for the program as well, that was a a win that most of the guys I talked to still still remember that win. Um, you know, Ohio State I think was ranked eight, eight or nine, I believe, at the time, and they were they were very strong that year. Um, a couple other like Western Michigan and my last game, my last college game, we won in overtime, and they were a good team as well. I think, you know, it kind of capped off the year. Like, you know, we I think that we took a huge step from the fault from the previous year to the end of that year. Um, I think those two really stick up for me. But obviously, my first game was big, but. Um, it's hardest to pinpoint uh, one or two, but I think definitely those those couple were you know still st- stick out to my mind today. 
And then one one last question on, on my side. What's it like um, and how did you hear that you were drafted? What's that process like for you? <laughs> uh, it's kind of a fun, not that funny of a story, kind of funny. Uh, I was actually training in North Dakota with uh, usually the incoming freshmen go uh, the pre in the summertime and work out and skate with uh, the team. So honestly, I was just watching the draft, not – with my roommate, uh, Troy Stetcher, who, played, who just got traded to Detroit Red Wings, actually. So, um, <laughs> honestly, we, we, we both weren't expected, uh, or I wasn't expected to get drafted at all. So, we're just late watching on TV and then watching on our laptops, refreshing it. And then, yeah, I just saw my name pop up on the, you know, on the, the computer. And, you know, I was obviously pretty excited. And my buddy Troy, he didn't get drafted, uh, but... I think it worked out for him in the long run, but, um, you know, I was just in my dorm room with him and just we're celebrating and nothing too crazy. My parents called me an agent at, at the time. And, um, I, so that's basically it, but yeah. All right. We'll let you go. Cause we're, uh, we're running up against it, but I do want to give you just a minute or two to tell us a little bit about growing up in, in Victoria, BC. Every time I, think of Victoria, I think of just how beautiful that community is and, and that area is. Uh, what was it like growing up and learning to play hockey right there? Yeah, uh, I can't say enough good things about Victoria. Um, you know, it's definitely definitely a hockey town. Um, you know, I had, fortunately enough, I had a lot of opportunity to, you know, play on travel teams and, uh, you know, different leagues there and hockey programs and and such. But, uh, you know, traveling to, traveling to Vancouver, uh, all the time, but um, no, it was great. I think uh, it's even better now because I think there's more opportunity for young kids to, you know, there's there's two junior teams there, there's a junior B league there, there's you know a lot of programs, and you know I think more and more kids are uh, coming out of Victoria, uh, you know, getting drafted or you know playing pro or playing in you know NCAA. So um, you know it's a great town for hockey. Uh, you know I'm, I'm very fortunate to be raised there and you know, grow up playing hockey there. So, yes. Wade Murphy, thanks for joining us. Uh, continued success uh, over in Norway. And as your uh, professional career continues on, um, don't be a stranger, my friend. Come on anytime. You're always welcome. And uh, even if we have eight, nine-hour time difference, we, we still love having you on, okay? Yeah, awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Gon, Zach. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for coming on. We appreciate it. Yeah, All right, no folks, that's uh, former Sun Devil, now a Norwegian professional in Wade Murphy, the uh, pride of Victoria, B.C., joining us. Uh, we thank him for coming on today and uh, and chatting. As I said, we're recording this on Sunday, so when it airs tomorrow night at our normal 7.30 p.m. Pacific time on Monday, you will know that we went uh, across the ocean and, and did our visiting uh, today. Let's take another quick break, and Zach and I will be back to wrap up another episode of Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails, whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S., Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning taste since 2011. 
All right, we're back. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy from Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host, Zach Mondrant, is uh, still here with me from uh, Chandler, Arizona. Uh, Zach, just a, uh, a quick wrap-up on our visit with Wade, and, uh, and uh, let's jump into the read. Yeah, um, I mean, I always love talking to, to former college players because it's something that um, – I don't think there's a lot of, of in-depth coverage for. And so you miss out on a lot of the cool stories. And I think he's got, I think uh, Wade's got a really cool story and I love hearing about the process for transferring and, and how that goes. So um, very grateful that he came on and was able to share his story and, and his experiences. So um, I think he's going to have a, a very good career and I think he'll be able to make a jump if he wants to into the, into the NHL, whether that's being as a player or somebody who can, who can uh, be a front office individual because he's obviously got a lot of character. And um, I look forward to seeing what, what comes from his, his career over in Norway and, and hope he gets uh, hopefully I see him doing a Viking chant on one, one of those games. So, um, <laughs> We're going to have to get some video of that if we get it done. But uh, uh, you know, I thought one of the, the best questions you asked him was about the draft because sometimes we forget uh, these guys have grew up, grown up with a bunch of different people and to say that he was with Troy Stetcher at North Dakota uh, and and he got drafted Troy didn't and now you look at how things worked out for him as a uh, an undrafted free agent but uh, it, it's kind of funny that this connection and sometimes I go back and I look at my my memories and I go like oh I remember that guy oh I remember that guy <laughs> it's like yeah you see him in college and all of a sudden now they're NHLers it, it's really strange but all right, take it away, my friend. We'll say goodnight with a little uh, Roger Klein and the Peacemakers De Niro. So, Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly has been brought to you by Voted the Best Ford Dealer in Arizona. Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant, is the presenting partner of the Sunday Special. Ask to see our friend Kevin Wood. Tell him Ice Time SW sent you to see the top-selling line of Ford trucks and more. Cold beers and cheeseburgers, our dining rooms, in accordance with the CDC guidelines, are open in all 12 Valley locations and in California. Visit coldbeers.com for more information. T-Mobile, see Andre in the Paradise Valley store and Shea Tatum and let him show you the power of the new T-Mobile. Whether it's playoff time or any time, it's always time for the best barbecue in Las Vegas. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, call us at 1-702-541-5546 or go to jessieraysbarbecue.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, it's all about the butt. Buy summer skates. Our line of shower shoes can show off your fandom or team unity with custom design. Visit summerskates.com. Behind the mask, it's time to get back to hockey. For all your hockey needs, visit any of our three locations or go to behindthemask.com. Buy College Bar and Grill in Tempe. Buy ASU fans for ASU fans. Oceanside Ice Arena, home of the Devil's Hockey Shop for all your ASU hockey merchandise. Roger Klein's Canstion Tequila. Find your bottle that suits your taste. Go to mexicanmoonshine.com. Buy OxyPal. Visit our line of... Natural cleaning products at oxypow.com. Buy M-Drive. Go to mdriveformen.com. Use the promo code ICETIMESW at checkout for 20% off. M-Drive for energy, stamina, and recovery. Buy Ice 10 Scottsdale and Chandler. See our website for ice availability. Pro Hockey Southwest Weekly and all our Ice Time SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app and available for download at iTunes Store, Podbean. Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly is part of the IceTimeHockeySW.com network. Very well done, my friend. And a big thank you to uh, the Valeringa, or if I can say that, say Valeringa, Norway professional hockey player Wade Murphy, former Sun Devil. And uh, 
uh, you know, I always love having great guests on. When we can get them from across the ocean, that's even better. So big shout-out to Wade for joining us tonight. Uh, as I said, this show was taped on Sunday, so it will air at our normal time, 7.30 p.m. Uh, Pacific time on Monday night. Thank you, Zach, for doing a Sunday uh, broadcast with us. That's always uh, a change in, in life's pattern, but we appreciate you uh, being there. And we thank uh, all of our partners for uh, being on board. Don't forget, next week is the debut of College Hockey Southwest Live, our NCAA show. In addition to our three Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday podcasts, is uh, sure to be a big hit once NCAA gets hockey, gets rolling. NCAA hockey gets rolling. Easy for the professional speaker to say. <laughs> Zach, thanks again, and uh, thanks to Wade Murphy. We'll say goodnight, folks, with little Roger Klein and the Peacemakers, De Niro. <laughs>